0: Welcome to Let's Get Ethical, the podcast of the Center for Ethics and its Ethics of AI Lab at the University of Toronto. Today's guest is Susanne van Göns, a PhD student in religion. We will speak with Susanne about red pilling, anti feminism, and the internet. Welcome to the podcast, Susanne.
1: Thank you, Marcus. I'm glad to be here.
0: Um, today we'll talk about uh, anti-feminism and the Internet and your fascinating research um, on this topic. So um, I thought we could get started by uh, getting you to tell us how you got interested um, in the subject and uh, what you are working on right now.
1: So um, how I got interested in my subject is actually... Uh, a story I also always love to tell my students because uh, I can say to them, once you become obsessed with something, you can make it your job. <laughs> and um, that's kind of what happened for me uh, during my undergraduate studies, because I uh, st- kind of stumbled upon these um, uh, blogs written by um, North American uh, evangelical women um, that were about uh, marital obedience. So they were writing about uh uh, cultivating obedience in themselves and how hard it was to, uh, you know, to obey their husband even when they knew that he was wrong. Uh, and I was struck by the fact that uh, they didn't actually think uh, that they were any less uh, smart or less right than their husbands and still felt uh, that they should try uh, to develop a meek disposition and uh, smile at him and tell him that he was right. So uh, I thought, like, what what is motivating you to uh, put instructions online for how to be this obedient woman, uh, and what kind of allegiance do you have uh, that that makes this make sense to you? Um, and then later I found um, forums for men that where a similar move uh, happens, where there's essentially a belief in a kind of. Uh, uh, truth about the way men are. Uh, men are dominant, they take initiative, uh, women need to be led by men. And then uh, the idea that men need to cultivate the kind of skills uh, to to actually perform this behavior, even when it makes them uh, uncomfortable or doesn't feel really natural to them. So that kind of, uh, I think that is a, a kind of paradox that I find really intriguing. Um, and I find it especially intriguing that this is something that you learn online, that, uh, that it is really by going on the internet um, that you're supposed to develop these proper, uh, proper gender behaviors. Uh, and essentially the argument that I see uh, put forward both uh, on Christian blogs and on uh, forums for, uh, for men is that these behaviors would feel natural to them if only feminism hadn't happened. So it is really because feminists have alienated uh, us from the truth that they need this online instruction in the first place uh, to sort of reacquaint them with uh, stuff that would have felt natural uh, if feminists hadn't ruined everything.
0: So um, that's true of, uh, of both of these. Yeah. yeah, but That's interesting. So
1: They're they are really different in what they actually uh, think women are like or men are like. Hmm. Uh, they, they have serious disagreements uh, uh, there. What they share is the conviction uh, that feminism uh, is a is a huge problem, uh, and that the feminist attempt to um, w- what they uh, consider an el- elimination of the differences between men and women, that that's uh, a huge threat, and that it needs to be countered uh, via online instruction. That that's how to address this problem.
0: So, um, so they both have very clear. Uh, views of what men and women are like. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they don't share the view, one view of what women and men are like. Yeah. Um, but they're but they're both strongly held. Yeah. In, in both cases, do um, do they also have the same view of what feminism is? Do they do they operate with the same definition of feminism, or or is that is that flexible?
1: I think uh, they would have disagreements there too, but they do um, both uh, uh, think of feminism in terms of um, uh, a a flattening of difference, uh, which I think actually lots of uh, feminists. I'm not sure that they. I'm pretty sure that they wouldn't agree with that definition of feminism. But the idea that feminism is a is a doctrine that is supposed to eliminate differences Mm. between men and women. and So not so much like equalize uh, men and women, but eliminate the differences. That's uh, what gets uh, both uh, Christian bloggers and uh, men uh, on forums really riled up. That, that's the danger for them. Uh, that difference uh, will be gone. Uh, and that the way to address that is to hold on to that difference really strongly in your personal life. Uh, to become a woman who is fully different from... Uh, the men around her, or to become a man who properly uh, inhabits a masculine uh, framework and is not uh, distracted by uh, women's talk of how the world is. Uh, so in that sense, it's almost um, uh, it. It's a really internalized uh, way of thinking. I could, it uh, or it. It really always uh, reorients. Um, the uh, thinking about social processes toward the self, saying I must become a certain kind of self and properly inhabit my role, uh, which is entirely distinct from uh, other groups role in the world.
0: So is it the case then that feminism uh, is problematic and and, um, perhaps even dangerous um, because it challenges, the conviction that, that there are these fundamental and permanent um, distinctions between men and women. It's, it's not necessarily a particular conception of, of what women are like, or should be like, but that um, it's a challenge to the conviction that there are these uh, built in and, and permanent differences to begin with.
1: Uh, yes, but the, it's always tricky here to think about like, what feminism are we really talking about? Mm. Because a feminist scholarship in academic settings is often less about uh, um, producing equality than it is about exposing uh, that these differences are at play. Uh, so it's not really, uh, it's not in that in that sense, uh, a project of uh, of actually equalizing uh, stuff, um, but more so exposing that things aren't equal um, and, that, and that these differences are operational in our daily lives. Um, but I think uh, they, they have a very specific version of, uh, of feminism that is purely, you know, they're obsessed with affirmative action uh, in, both, in both areas. Um, for Christian women, there's this deep fear that becoming uh, a housewife will be delegitimized by feminism, um, and feminism then becomes this kind of overpowering specter of cultural change uh, rather than work that is actually done uh, by either activists or scholars. Uh, and I, that's often a little bit tricky in, um, when I introduce my project and talk about anti-feminism, that. Uh, uh, especially other academics will think that the people I study are actually talking about feminism, and I think they're what they're talking about is really more uh, feminism as this sort of cultural fear than uh, any concrete um, feminist project.
0: I think that's I mean that's an interesting way of thinking about this is to think about what function feminism plays in 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 both of these um, cultures, it sounds like it has some kind of instrumental significance that allows them to perform, um, you know, a conviction, a commitment to a truth that they then defend. Um,
1: yes, yeah, that's the whole, you know? the whole problem with feminism in their eyes, is that it proposes a change for things that should be eternal, that actually are eternal. So that's in, in my project, I talk about it uh, in terms of transcendental truth, which is a term that scholars of religion tend to use for uh, those truths that are beyond uh, the scope of, of human change. You can't, they, they are eternal, they're outside of the realm of what humans can accomplish. Or so are they
0: self-evident? Effect.
1: <laughs> I don't think, well, that that's the next question of whether they are self-evident or require instruction to reach for them. And I think uh, that's sort of implied in the, the project on these blogs and forums is that, these truths are actually structuring our daily life, but because of feminism, we can't see them anymore. And so we need to reinstruct ourselves to see the, the stuff that is actually true, rather than being distracted by feminist interpretations. So there's the, that's kind of the, the move that my project really focuses on is this idea that through um, uh, instruction over the internet, uh, we should become. We we should be able to become better men and women uh, uh, who are living in a more real world uh, than they would otherwise.
0: Well, one of the things that that I find fascinating about your work is that that you insist on the significance of um, the medium. Um, you know, you you don't think it's uh, it's incidental that this happens on the internet, that this happens on forums or or in blogs, but um, but that the you know the medium has to be part of the of the story. I think you you, you put in terms of you know, an ethnographic study of, of these different cultures, uh, has to give an account of what role the internet um, plays in, in in the way they operate and and the way they define themselves and distinguish themselves from what seems to be the common threat, which is feminism
1: yeah yeah exactly that's also uh, a really good way to think about that is to say like why would the would men committed to a certain version of what manhood is why would they express that on forums and not blogs for instance and why do uh, conservative christian women why do they blog Um, and i think uh, I, I have, a, I mean, my, my dissertation is about this, so I keep trying to uh, make bigger answers here, but I can be really brief about it in the sense that uh, blogs came up as these, they're, they're bounded web pages uh, that are uh, networked, but uh, uh, distinct, not and decentralized, in a way that fits really well with this idea of the domestic sphere as sort of shielded, uh, as an alternative from public life, uh, blogs, when they first came on the scene in in the in the late '90s and and became really popular in the early two thousands, there was this idea of this sort of separate network that was distinct from the mainstream, uh, and in that sense, public but not really public. in the, In the same way that all the homes in the street uh, are um, connected but not. Uh, uh, but but have an interiority that fits really well with Christian ideas of uh, or conservative Christian ideas of what a, wo- a woman's domain is uh, at the same time that forums which ca- kind of came up uh, a bit earlier I would say uh, in the late 80s when we, you, you had the precursor uh, precursors to forums which were bulletin board systems forums uh, from from the get-go had this sense of uh, cyber cyber cowboys who spoke this insider language with each other and used acronyms that only other forum users would be able to understand only other edgy computer users who were on the frontier of this new domain would understand so um, it makes uh, and then, then they would have these nested conversations about particular uh, topics often very focused on problem solving because early computers were not easy to operate. So lots of conversations about how to uh, be, also be better at this computer thing. And I think uh, when I look at uh, forums for men that are focused on male self-development, you still see this kind of, this culture of acronyms and um, expertise and sort of being edgy and writing under, under a pseudonym, um, having this insider feeling Uh, that all fits really well with the cultural history of forums and it also suits uh, the ideas that they put forward which is that holding on to manhood is a really subversive uh, edgy thing to do so that would be in short the uh, uh, one of the ways to talk about the fit between the medium and um, the the views that they're propagating or the the truths that they hold on to
0: so would you say then that? Blogs originally or eventually uh, and forums became gendered in this way that that men gravitated toward the forum and women gravitated toward uh, blogs and because blogs were you know more more amenable to this kind of way of communicating where you're part of a community yet separate and you're The mysteries of your domain uh, but you're not shutting yourself off um so would you say that the distinction is is between forum and and blog is 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 gendered historically or 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 currently
1: oh no i would really not want to say that because i think uh i would be overstepping uh what i actually what i actually know i'm really uh, because i don't want to erase women from forums where they Mm. have been from the start even if they weren't uh necessarily welcome as women, because they're writing under a pseudonym and not, there's a big ethic in early forums of like you can be there as a woman, but you cannot say that you are one that is a uh, but that that's sort of an aside here. Hmm. But the um, I think uh, I, I, I don't want to erase women from forums or erase uh, men from blogging where they have been very active, very productive and prolific. But I do want to say that there is a kind of, uh, um, yeah, that, uh, that blogging uh, fits conservative Christian ideals particularly well. And uh, I have not been able to find uh, blogs about uh, Christian manhood uh, in the same numbers, uh, depth uh, that I have for Christian womanhood. And still you would see banners popping up saying like, welcome to my blog, have a couple t- cup of tea, settle down, uh, dig in, in a way that really mimics uh, the domestic. Uh, and I think, yeah, that it's just the, where the affordances of the blog really fit a particular ideal, but I wouldn't want to extend that to all women or all men.
0: Um, so one of the, Obviously, fascinating things about the project is that that you are looking at two things that seem to be very different, um, but um, they're also similar in interesting ways. So one um, source sounds like of, of the the certainty of of the distinction between men and women, uh, in, in one case is is religion, um, and. In the, the other case,
1: yeah.
0: the, the Bible, and and in other case, it's science. Or how how would you how would you um, describe the source of the certainty of the distinction between men and women that that drives these uh, uh, these these um, what do you call male identitarian?
1: Uh, yeah, I I call them forms. male identitarians. To uh, that's a
0: mouthful. So it took me some time. to...
1: Uh, understandable (laughs) understandable I'm still searching for uh, the the proper terminology here but what I tried with male identitarianism is the idea that a manhood is central uh, to one's identity as a person uh, and B that it's uh, threatened and that people need to defend it so that that's what I'm trying to uh, express with that term Um, and I think so uh, the uh, your question about truth um, they largely uh, derive all these truths about manhood from a reading of social sciences, uh, mm. evolutionary biology, and cognitive psychology, mostly. Um, and That's where they find really, truth. Yeah, uh, but it's uh, uh, it's not even uh, in an engagement with those academic disciplines per se. But it's rather it's a it's a truth found over time by the community. And sometimes I'll see posts by men saying like. We have been working on this since the early '90s, and the accumulated insights have now uh, been codified. So they they'll use like
0: who's who's the we in this uh...
1: the seduction community. So uh. the 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 historical trajectory there is kind of that. Um, uh, well, you can any history you can start at different points, but the uh, this started with um, seduction uh, communities, which were. Uh, uh, forums that were dedicated to uh, solving the, the problem uh, of, of seduction and, and basically uh, getting women to have sex. Uh, that was the goal. And that was the problem to be solved. And then men on forums would get together and say, like, how do I formalize this? What are the laws that are at play here? And then developed a scientific sounding vocabulary for that. And the fact that it sounds scientific, I think, is also tied to the forum as this place for uh, men who are pioneers, uh, often men who are familiar with military technology, because that's where the early Internet came from. Uh, I mean, the Internet is itself the project uh, uh the project of an academic a massive academic investment uh on the part of the u.s military so there is already this sense of the internet as a domain for the scientifically inclined uh, that i think um, the the early seduction pioneers uh, leaned into and then they'll borrow uh, they'll borrow terms like cognitive dissonance which uh, women um, uh, suffer from deeply Uh, so they'll they'll use those sorts of scientific sounding uh, uh, terms to express the truths that they know about women. One thing that I find really interesting is this uh, thing called Brifot's Law. Brifot is this obscure uh, 19th century anthropologist uh, who writes about kinship structures. And they bring him in to effectively uh, say, you know, it's all, really, it's always the female who uh, determines the conditions of, uh, of reproduction. So it's really women who rule the world rather than men. Um, and then uh, they'll, they'll use Brevaux to make this a law and a principle that men should act on and uh, learn how to uh, relate to. Um, but I don't. I, I actually don't think they necessarily engage with 19th century anthropology all that deeply uh, but that, that this is really truth that that they have found as a community to be particularly helpful uh, in navigating life under feminism
0: yeah so this this uh, brings me to uh, another interesting discovery that that you have made which um, perhaps not surprisingly is these instructional forums aren't necessarily all that successful. So I think you call it uh, an instructional loop. So people
1: More go instruction to the f- is always needed.
0: Yeah, <laughs> more, more instruction is... So you're, you're instructed and then, then you do what you're uh, instructed to do. And, and nonetheless, um, the forum does not turn out to be as helpful. As perhaps originally you had you had hoped, yet that makes you come back to the to the to the forum, and, and perhaps also creates the sense of identity, um, a different kind of identity than perhaps the one you are looking for, but a strangely communal identity as as a member of of this forum that uh, tries to figure out how to be. And you call it, I think, it would be be a, be a better man or or a stronger man.
1: Yeah. So the the thing, what I mean with the instructional loop is that, um, so you go on the forum and there you learn, uh, you know, what women are really like and that they're really uh, deeply sexually opportunistic and by nature incapable uh, of love, of sincere love. Uh, so that is a really depressing uh, thing to learn. Uh, and so you see this, uh, you see posts by men who say like, well, but what about my mom? Surely she sincerely loves me. Uh, and then the forum says, well, no, think about it. Because your mom uh, might uh, just claim to love you because it gives her because uh, uh, it gives her credibility in her community or uh, stuff like that. Or they'll say like, you know, I'm uh, getting feelings for this one um, girl, which is on the forum. And this is called... Uh, getting uh, one-itis, uh, which is a, an affliction where you think that one particular woman is special and set apart. Mm. Um, and then uh, to find that you're that, that, it's, that you're suffering from one-itis rather than, you know, loving someone uh, is, uh, is painful, is a, is a difficult truth. Yeah. And then faced with that kind of pain, the uh, solution is more instruction for how to thrive under these horrible conditions. Uh, So I can see on this forum, this kind of loop where uh, first you learn on the forum, like why you're, uh, you learn what the world is really like. That is not a pleasant thing to learn because you learn that the world is set against men. And then you return to the forum to learn how to be in the world. And then in a way, you keep cycling through different, Kinds of instructions. Um, and for, uh, because the forum we're talking about is the Red Pill subreddit, um, where uh, in the end, uh, properly red pilled men who are, who are succeeding in um, uh, instructing themselves uh, don't care about women. Uh, uh, at all, and uh, manage to improve themselves by uh, lifting more weights, uh, speaking more languages, having more hobbies. All of these uh, kind of general self help uh, kind of things, um, and that's the re- that is supposed to be the real attainment there. But uh, the the problem is that you know these men keep desiring to have real relationships with women uh, when the whole. Their whole success, their whole self-improvement is predicated on the fact that women can't be trusted and that you can't be in real relationships with them. So that is a serious conflict that instruction keeps uh, opening up and addressing. And, and that's the loop that uh, I'm describing in my work.
0: I'm um, tempted to ask you to um... Explain what a subreddit is and what, what, of oh, what the what the <laughs> yeah. what the red pill is um, that that you're talking about.
1: Yeah, so uh, Reddit is a social media website that essentially functions as a forum aggregator. So it's basically a collection uh, of forums, um, and uh, the forum I'm uh, talking about, or the the subreddit or sub forum, uh, is called the Red Pill. Uh, And the red pill is itself a reference to uh, the matrix in which the protagonist has to choose between... uh, A major
0: motion picture. A major motion
1: picture that indeed some of our listeners may be familiar with. Uh, So the protagonist has to choose between a red pill and a blue pill. The blue pill is a life of living in a comfortable illusion. And the red pill um, is awakening to uh, a really harsh but very real world. And by now, uh, uh, red-pilling has become a popular metaphor, uh, especially- And a verb. And a verb, (laughs) indeed, on uh, on right-wing online platforms, uh, basically to talk about uh, awakening from feminist illusions and more and more also awakening from multiculturalist illusions uh, to instead realize what uh, men and women are really like or what race really means. Uh, so that's that's what the metaphor has come to stand for online. And the the red pill subreddit on Reddit is uh has uh it now it's quarantined, so we cannot see the amount of subscribers anymore. But it used to be around two hundred and twenty thousand. Uh is highly active, um, it's tightly moderated, it's a very professionally run uh forum uh that has many uh, active participants and that I think uh has uh, Basically, I think that whenever I present this, people are like, I have never heard of such a thing. And statistically, it's quite likely uh, that they know someone who at least is familiar with some of this content. Yeah.
0: Uh, Thank you. Um, Yeah, I wanted to get back to the connection between uh, these two uh, groups because they seem so different. Um, uh, And um, I'm I'm wondering if, if you could say, A little bit about the significance or the role, the function of of religion or um, or faith, Um, because when when you describe the this community, the forum community of the male identitarian forums, um, it it sounds almost like a description of of a religious sect, um, where where people are constantly searching perfection, uh, never quite reaching it. flagellating uh, themselves, wishing uh, the pain they experience because it's it's a sign of their getting yet closer to, to the perfection that they'll never attain. But then they come back to um, the forum to receive additional instruction uh, from authority figures who have developed over the history of the forum and no one knows quite why. Um, so it sounds like it. Uh, there, there may be, you know, a, a religious aspect in, 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 in the existence of these forums themselves. Um, but um, so I'm curious what you what what you make of the of the connection between uh, the religion the the, the Bible based uh, blogs and the via um, uh forums.
1: Yeah, that that makes sense. I I'm always really tempted to uh, draw the, those kinds of parallels, like you just did. I mean, uh, they uh, the way my bloggers use uh, the the Bible, uh, and then uh, the way uh, men on seduction forums use a text called the Book of Pook, which the, is
0: the Book of what?
1: The Book of Pook, uh, Pook is a prolific forum commenter oh, who produced the, amazing wisdoms, P O O K. Mm. The book of Puk. So uh, obviously it's tempting there to uh, draw uh, a comparison between uh, uh, the book uh, of another guy and uh, the book of Puk. But I think uh, coming at this as a scholar of religion, the temptation is more... <laughs> <laughs> I
0: have no idea temptation. why you would laugh. The, the,
1: the, I think the, I, I, as a scholar of religion, uh, that is ultimately not the most interesting uh, approach to take, I think, uh, in part because uh, what we do in the discipline is uh, looking at a whole variety of phenomena and trying to not be too hung up on uh, congregations or saying religion is only what happens uh, on Sundays uh, or uh, whatever other religious days of observance. uh, and And those would be the times to look at religion. And instead to look at, uh, to think of religion as um, a way to describe uh, how people organize their lives. Uh, so for, for, so in my work where religion really comes in is in this connection uh, that um, uh, these bloggers, but also these forum users make between transcendental truth uh, and their daily circumstances and the sort of person that they should become. So the term I use for that in my project is literalism. Um, and literalism uh, is, a, is a, a way of thinking that has a really uh, long history that is uh, mostly uh, a Christian history, but also shows up elsewhere. Um, and if you're a literalist, you essentially believe that there is a really straightforward connection between truth and life on the ground, a connection that is, that is in fact, so straightforward that it needs no interpretation. Um, so whatever the, the Bible says is just uh, uncomplicatedly true, uh, and you can just uh, any anybody with common sense can see uh, how that truth is at work. So uh, you get this this framework where uh, knowing the Bible means that you know the world, and knowing the world means that you know the Bible. Um, that is that that is what uh, a literalist framework is, um, and. Part of my argument is that this requires constant work on the part of people because they constantly have to see uh, this connection as uncomplicated and straightforward and in fact have to work on themselves to be men and women who clearly and uncomplicatedly manifest the truth uh, about what men and women are. So for uh, people on seduction forums or on male identitarian forums, there is the, the idea of reading, um, uh, you know, that, uh, that wherever you go, uh, you need to present as alpha and that, these, uh, that, that an alpha presentation uh, involves uh, certain traits. Uh, they constantly need to uh, look around them and see this happening. So there's lots of posts that say, like, I saw this TV show and it really, I noticed that indeed the alpha dynamic was happening. Uh, and uh, then to also do that kind of interpretive work in their own daily life, and basically make, uh, make it visible uh, by, for instance, being the alpha in the room, and indeed noticing that women will then spend more attention on you, or will be uh, more impressed by you, those sorts of uh, things. So religion, in that sense, becomes uh, almost more like a vocabulary to describe certain uh, tendencies, like a, like a conceptual toolkit, uh, then it, it does, uh, Then, then it, compared to it referring to like a specific uh, uh, movement that can be found in denominations. Um, I would hesitate to use the term cult because this is really frowned upon in the study of religion. Uh, but I understand uh, why you would refer to it that way because it's certainly a really uh, tightly run uh, and uh, uh, quite strict uh,
0: Cultural phenomenon. So um, I just I, I need to bring this up because uh, I, um, I'm I'm a law professor. <laughs> so just just to, just to, to uh, mention that literalism also you know uh, has a, has a very significant role to play in in legal theory and. Um, um works in, in very similar ways as, as you have described so i i, I won't you know bore you with, with, with the details but but certainly this i think what you call um interpretive uh, gymnastics is that is that what the yeah, term you yeah. use yeah so uh, is also one of the challenges in, in literalism and in law and that that in order to maintain your conviction that no interpretation, is required you constantly engage in very elaborate interpretive practices to um to show that interpretation is is unnecessary so there's a exactly uh, there's, there, a, there's actually a yeah. really
1: great ethnography by uh this anthropologist who compares uh, uh literalists in the law uh mm-hmm. with um so he i think he did field work at different uh, courts in the u.s uh, looking at the the framers uh, and or framer discourse, and then uh, he compared that with um, how uh, the Bible is taught in really conservative seminaries. Um, it's a it's a it's a very interesting uh, book, even though I I don't agree with some of his uh, conclusions about the Christians, but I think. Uh, I can't speak to how he uh, describes the the legal uh, theories uh, there, but yeah, I'm I'm aware of that resonance, and I look forward to learning more about that.
0: So uh, this has been great, and I, I, I want to ask you now what what are you working on now, and where you know where are you going to take uh, this work uh, next.
1: So uh, currently, I'm I've become really uh, fascinated with the way that uh, self improvement is uh, imagined on um, seduction forums, especially um, because they use uh, computer metaphors for it. Effectively, they are saying uh, if I become, uh, you know, more machine like, uh, and instead let myself be programmed uh, by. Uh, you know, the actual truths about women and men, uh, as opposed to being programmed by feminist lies, uh, then I will be successful. Uh, And so I'm currently working to connect that to uh, uh, self-help discourses. And one really interesting thing that I uh, found there is that so one of the earliest uh, seduction coaches is uh, a guy named uh, Ross Jeffries. Uh, and uh, Ross Jeffries popularized the the fast seduction uh, method, which uh, essentially works a little bit like hypnosis. You you have to say particular phrases and uh, touch in a particular way in order to um, bring a woman to the kind of frequency where she will eventually uh, agree to have sex with you. Um, And uh, essentially his approach borrows from this Californian self-help um, genre that is called neurolinguistic programming, which uh, thinks of the, uh, the brain as something that can be successfully programmed uh, by, through touches and words and uh, certain actions. And uh, I'm really interested in digging up that sort of uh, connection because I think neurolinguistic programming as a self-help movement really comes from uh, early discourses about artificial intelligence. Which are themselves really deeply connected to uh, uh, cognitive psychology as an academic discipline. So uh, this, I think, the the pioneers in neurolinguistic programming sort of borrowed from uh, both technological developments in how computers were imagined and built at the time, uh, and from this emerging uh, rethinking of psychology uh, that was happening in relation to AI. Um, and I'm really curious like how that resonates in the seduction approaches uh, that sprung from, uh, from the, those strange bedfellows. Um, while Ross Jeffries' uh, approaches aren't really popular anymore on uh, seduction forums, uh, the metaphor of the computer really persists. And I find that just... Uh, really interesting generally, like, why, why would the perfect, the perfect human or why would the right kind of man be a man who uh, is able to run himself like a computer? Um, and I think that's a question that's worth uh, thinking about, um, uh, even if, uh, you know, it's easy to laugh at seduction, but uh, my sense is that this is really a broader tendency. Uh, that uh, seduction and the reliance on computer metaphors uh, can help us look at more closely.
0: All right. Thank you very much, uh, Susanna, for speaking with us.
1: Thank you. This was really interesting.
0: <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of Let's Get Ethical, the podcast of the Center for Ethics and its Ethics of AI Lab at the University of Toronto. To learn more about the center's activities, please visit our website at ethics.utoronto.ca.